Gentlemen, this is Democracy Manifest. Excuse me, Mrs. Briggs? Yes, Nanette? Are you waiting to receive my limp podcast? Cobain Frozen Empress has gotten very negative reviews yep. and no Hellfire has most well it's got very negative out of 77 reviews and the other one's got mostly negative out of 300 but from what I saw of the trailers of the two it is essentially like the weapons are still the same they've just been modified slightly in design so like for example the big ass hammer thing that we have uh the dlc has the hammer thing but with sort of like molten uh stalagmites coming off of it and it's glowing red and then i saw the fucking i saw the frozen empress one they literally just have a steel pipe as a weapon just blue a blue steel pipe like a pipe you f- pull off of the fucking wall pipe yeah hellfire knight had a fire steel pipe like out of all the weapons, why bother with something so mundane? Like, you want... Like, people are paying money for this shit. Like, you would want to have... Like, if you're going to do any design... Well, the, the DLCs are coming in at about $15 each, with the Season Pass coming at $30. And I believe there's another DLC yeah, there's dropping there's soon. They just haven't announced anything about it. Well, even, like, Frozen and Hellfire Night, they announced it, like, almost right before they put it out. What, the, uh... Wait, the Hellfire Night. So they just announced it and then put it out. Hellfire Night and Frozen Empress both, um... were announced and came out really quickly. Uh... Yeah, yeah. Hellfire... No, Hellfire. Frozen Empress came out literally yesterday and uh hellfire came out last month 29th of january so it's been a month in dlcs but oh man yeah, like looking when at when they were announced when each one was announced like they were announced, announced like announced it came out a few days or a week later or something like that and same with frozen yeah. empress it didn't have much lead up i or i feel i feel there is a good reason they did such a thing and that's because they probably weren't confident in the quality of the dlc i should hope and not. that's what yeah they, they definitely shouldn't have been because it's kind of telling it's like they're hiding all information about it and then just like they're not even giving it time to build up like attention yeah, they're just going they here it is for it. and then yeah because it, I, the, the negative backlash would be like tenfold if they try and hype it up and then it comes out like the condition it's in it's crazy I'll be back but in yes that's just that's just the world of DLC for you well, anywho you don't know what you're getting you don't know what you're getting until it's gone hello yeah. sunshine yeah. DLC when it's gone oh, fucking Mario anywho Welcome to SVG One. We are a gaming podcast for once. <laughs> yeah, talking about games. Talking about games for once, not the coronavirus. I don't think we ever Although, talked about the coronavirus. Did we? We we, we, we bring it up every now and then. Yeah, but well, usually we talk about movies. It is affecting games shit. as we know it, so it is that relevant. That is true. 
I am Chris, your host, and with me I have... Me, Alex. Also, Jaden's fucked off for a bit, but he'll be back in a second. Did I he? am back one second later. Told you. Oh. Yeah, I was about yeah. to say, like, did he fuck up? Yeah, I said I'd be gone for oh. like 30 seconds. Oh, fuck me. That was a poor time for me to start yeah. an introduction. Correct. <laughs> oh, no, it, technically <laughs> it was all right. If I took a little bit longer with my intro, could have timed out right when Jaden was coming back. You could You would have fooled me yeah. if you fucking just timed it right. Anywho, did you... I want to know. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to fucking throw this one straight out here. Did you play anything? I'm talking used to. Mm-hmm. Anything other than Monster Hunter this week? Uh, yes, actually. Jaden. What's up? Did you play anything but Monster Hunter this week? I did. See, Dragon Ball Fighters got a patch. <laughs> okay, no, that's relevant. That works. All right. <laughs> so we'll start off with Jaden. Tell us about this Dragon Ball Fighters patch. So Dragon Ball Fighters just got its season three patch. It started season three, so everyone got changed. Mm. the biggest like across the board mm. the biggest changes being like a lot of characters got changed um hit one of my favorite characters actually got some of his changes are uh, buffs in theory uh one of his uh follow-ups out of his stance now does a sliding knockdown so you've got pressure after it's mm. the issue was it used to be his strongest combo starter and now and it now doesn't it- wall bounce Ah, uh, so he, it doesn't so really start the combo. in theory, it was buffed, but in actuality, they just gutted his damage. So th- it creates that sort of closing in pressure, but it doesn't start the combo. So it's sort of like a It's poke. straight out just a worse version of what it was. Yeah, but like, can you use it as a poke rather yeah. than a combo starter? But you always could. And you can't... I believe it's unsafe, or it's not unsafe. It's like negative five. So if you use it, then you need to either follow up with an assist or just it's their turn to do whatever they want. Yeah, uh, because you, you see, gotta keep that move, gap closed. The move here is instant blow, which is uh, hits a stance based character. So he goes into his light stance, and then he's got three follow ups. The mm. medium <clears throat> one is this one that covers about seventy percent of the screen, does a punch that knocks him, knocks the opponent a fair distance away, like almost full screen and yeah. gives them a sliding knockdown. It used to knock them um, full screen and wall bounce them, except when they wall bounce, they'd, just, they'd basically hit the wall and do a small bounce, but they wouldn't actually bounce back, so you couldn't follow up with it outside the corner. But okay, it was so you, unless you had pressure. Corner hmm. starter. Um, and if you want to poke, you would always do his... Because that was his medium follow-up out of that stance. Whether if you want poke, you always do his light follow-up because it gives better spacing for... uh, It gives better spacing for follow-up pressure, even though it doesn't do a full knockdown. Um, Mm -hmm. It's got really weird vacuum properties. Like, the hitbox on it is relatively big, and if it hits anywhere... It vacuums your opponent in, so it always knocks back exactly the same way. Okay. Like, it doesn't matter. If, you're, if your fist hits their hitbox, they'll be vacuumed in, so they bounce off as if you hit them in the chest. Which means so it's, it's always going to land in exactly the same way every single time. Regardless of where you've hit yeah. them. And that also makes a huge deal for combos. Uh, the other reason is the frame data on the move. So the fastest 
attack in the game is six frames of startup. So, like I was saying, yeah. uh, if your opponent blocks your medium follow-up, then your medium follow-up is negative five frames. Your opponent can act five frames before you do. So, basically, if they start a light punch as soon as they can of six frames, you have one frame in which you can move before their attack <laughs> connects. So, you can't do anything. You have to block the move. His medium... So, yeah, it's... It's just super unsafe because yeah. you've only got one frame to dance with, really. Exactly. So, basically, it's not unsafe, but you have to hold block up afterwards. You can't do anything else. You have to just hold block, or you could risk going for a reflect afterwards, or, like I said, you could use an assist to fill the gap and go into your own. Yeah, however, but even with a reflect, like, I feel like a reflect however, the within such a small... the other differences are his light stance is only negative two on block. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the thing is... Backdashes have a three-frame startup. Sorry, not a three-frame startup. I believe a two-frame startup. You can safely backdash after making an attack if your attack is negative three or less. And so because his light one is negative two, it means you could go in and punch and then immediately input a backdash. And if they go for a move, you'll be out of range before they hit it. They'll whiff it, yeah. Exactly. You can't do that with this medium one. On top of that, what's, in Dragon mm-hmm. Ball Fighters, if you block it an attack in midair, there's an additional like four to six frames of blocks done, which actually means his light punch is positive if they block it jumping. It's plus what do you mean by block. positive? It, it's plus on block. You can act before they can, if they're in oh, midair okay. when they block it. Which means if they're in midair when they block it, they can't do anything afterwards. You can use it because it's like a half-screen teleport move. You mm-hmm. hit the opponent, if they're in midair, then... You can almost confirm off it, almost all the time. Well, you can A, always confirm off it, because if they if they block it, you're, you act before they can, because, so they have to hold block. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're hit by it, because of its vacuum properties, you can always follow up with an assist. And it'll always hit exactly the same way, doesn't matter how high they are. That just sounds a little broken. If it's like, his, oh, it not... is his best move, but my point mm. is, they're both his moves. He goes into light stance. Why would you ever use his medium follow up when you could use his light? And the thing is, even with sliding knockdown, firstly, his light stance has enough hit stun that you can go into your supers anyway before they can recover. Because, like just straight up activate your super yeah, after you can, the hit you stun. Can Gatling straight into your super, and it will hit regardless. Um, secondly Mm -hmm. it's got slightly less startup which means in long combos it's easier to hit at the end of it it's more likely to actually connect and finally because of hit's playstyle in that every single one of his buttons teleports him like half a screen forward because his entire gimmick is that he's pretty bad in midair but he's got excellent ground space control Mm. Even though his um, light follow-up doesn't give a sliding knockdown, enemies tech and recover as soon as they hit the ground, you're still positive because you've hit them and you recover from the move before they tech off the ground. Your moves teleport you half the screen. So you can follow up from the move even though it doesn't sliding knockdown. So there is literally no reason. (laughs) It's, It's free damage. 
Yeah, so that medium well, it's, it's one that no longer bounces well, yeah. literally doesn't have a purpose anymore because Hit doesn't <clears throat> need a sliding knockdown anymore. Now that no, he's got, he never like, needs a sliding knockdown because he's got his kit doesn't rely on it. He can use okay. it, and there are ways for you to use to get sliding knockdown anyway. But yeah, it it basically gutted his combo path. Anyway, I was talking a lot about him because he is one of my favorite characters. Well, the one thing I I was interested about when I saw um, the hit change was his. I can't. I think it's one of his supers that just uses his like whatever bar he has stocked up. Yes, uh, called Death Blow. It used to be in season one. It was a level one super. It used one bar and it did a beam. And then then level two, they're just like season two. They're like, you know what? It uses all the bar and it does more damage. If you're on of the maximum of seven bars and hit one raw it does like 67 percent of your opponent's health bar yeah at once like there's no like combo to it it's just yeah. straight up blast taken out because i saw the someone was using the uh did a new uh touch of death with hit using sparking and uh the assist uh, um, bonus damage yeah but oh no the final the final character bonus damage yeah so the other the, the other three big changes they changed in um season three uh there's now a comeback mechanic where basically when you drop to your last character you get bonus damage for 20 seconds and you instantly gain a bar of meter so it's just that it's a combo it's a comeback it adds, when adds you drop more to your last rally character, potential you gain some strength yeah exactly mm. um which is nice Every character now has three assists that they can select from, which is huge. It makes so many characters so much more viable. Because um, you can mix and match. Like each character has three assists that they can choose from to call in for. So you have your A, B, and C assists. C being the C, longest startup, but the most damage, I think. C is almost exclusively a combo assist. Mm. Um. And it, it lasts for a while and always gives a sliding knockdown at the end. So because because it lasts for a while, it means... Let me put it this way. Most C-type assists, if mm. you throw a beam or a projectile at from full screen, you can call your C-type assist and it will hold them for long enough for you to run up and continue a combo from full screen. But yeah, that does sound... they've got a... like twice as long or even possibly three times as long startup if you're not do doing a combo yeah, and it like also if, has if, a 14 second cooldown instead of a 6 second cooldown yeah because like unless you're doing a combo your character comes out announces it's going to do an assist and then does assist yeah. and if you're in a combo that announcement just doesn't come it's already started into the mid and into the assist the last huge overall change that they made is that um, fuzzy fuzzy guards were removed from the game to explain what a fuzzy guard is it's basically if you hit someone as they're landing uh, sorry if someone's holding crouch block mm. in there then when they land on the ground there'll be about two frames where they're considered to be crouch blocking but their hitbox is still stand blocking which means you could do a jump, instant jump attack and hit them with an overhead well, they still have a standing hitbox, but they've got a crouch guard, so overheads will connect. Um, I feel like this that, basically that's... used to make this an automatic 50-50 on any large characters. 
I was gonna say, like, I feel like that's n- that's an unintentional. Um, so they uh, completely thing. removed that, which means a lot of large characters are affected the most. Like there later on in last season, there was a some universal tech discovered, so you could uh, hit anyone with that. Mm. But for the most part, it was a lot easier and a lot more consistent on big characters. So now, because that doesn't exist anymore, so large characters generally will um, be stronger. And a lot of large characters, for example, uh, Dragon Ball Z Broly and Cooler, like, the fact that they could be fuzzied was one of the few reasons that they weren't considered S-tier. Like, uh, Dragon Ball Z Broly... He was played in one character who got, by one player mainly, uh, to kill Sage, who got, mm. like, second in the world finals, in the world tour. So it's not like the character was bad. Um, it's oh, just some things that don't no, put him completely up there. Anyway, regardless, he got top four. Um, mm. But it was definitely a downside to playing the character. Whether now... Did, did- as we said, he's still just, just pick got a top heaps tier. of strengths, and that weakness isn't there anymore. That's um, all you need to do. Jay. On top just of pick that, a top tier. the next character was released, Kefla, who is just a lot of fun to play. That's all I can really say about her. See, I don't know much about Kefla. I haven't watched any of the new Dragon Ball Z stuff. Uh, was it Dragon Ball Super? Dragon Ball Super either. I hear that she was one of the most obvious picks to be she in was, DBZ. She was almost guaranteed. And people like, people first... are even surprised that she hasn't been like she wasn't put in earlier. I was like I do not know anything about this character. Not a thing. Yeah, all I can really say is I played her a bit. She's she's fun to play. Um she's got some weird things though. Like her standing medium is a four hit flurry, for example. That's actually mm. probably the strangest thing about her kit. Um, but she's just super fast is one of the big things. Like, her second hit in her light combo, I think, is a three or a four hit flurry. Mm. I don't remember if it's three or four hits. Her standing medium is a four hit flurry. Her jumping medium attacks are a double kick. And she's she's got a command dash, which can go almost full screen I believe and she's got one of the fastest key blasts in the game she's just a fast character and she feels fun to play well that's that's when in fighting games I really like either like I'm more of a fast fighting character like characters that move fast don't do a lot of damage but have a lot of uh like fast moving attacks or closes and shit like that the only character that goes against that our characters i like is king from tekken he's just straight up grappler through and through but he's the only grappler that i like i don't like any other grappler i don't even play heavier characters i'm more of a fast moving character like um fuck i forgot her name uh, in um uh guilty gear the russian lady i was gonna look it up yeah. yeah, I know who you're talking about. Hair. Hair chick. Yeah, hair chick. Use the hair. I look guilty. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, and the other big change. That Miller happened, Rage. Miller Rage, that's it. Yeah. The other yeah, big like, the, change that mm-hmm. happened this patch is that uh, EX moves, the heavy versions of moves, which cost a meter, now only cost half a bar instead of a full bar. So you're going to see them a lot more. Is there a reason why they do that? Yeah, so people use them more. So people just didn't use them because they costed bar, they costed too much resources. Well, they did use them. They just wanted people to use them more. Yeah, like why would you use something like a? Why would you use a move that cro- uh, that costs a bar where you can just use a super instead? Well, it depends. It depends because, like, bar. obviously, you have level ones to free supers. I don't. Do you have anything higher than a level three super? Some yeah. characters, some characters have, level have level fives, which is a level right. three that they can uh, spend an extra two bars on to do extra damage. Because yeah. I was saying, like, if if they had a character, obviously a character that doesn't have a level five and they had four bars, and it's like, why not? Yeah, but then you you use that to vanish into a level into a level three. Yeah, uh, that is true. But yes, as as a general, I do. I mean, this is me speculating, but I do believe that was also part of the logic. Was that there wasn't it much cost as much as supers? Yeah. Mm. Have um, you seen many people? using that the half bar shit oh, now yes. or is it- oh yes there's <laughs> been a lot of combos coming out of that i guess since it now opens it up like people are going to be trying and to work that of, into the yeah and also a lot of old combos that used to be um unviable or not really worth it mm. uh, now are because you know it's an old combo that would use a certain ex move and you'd go yep yeah, it's a cool combo but I'm not sure I'd want to spend a bar or two bars for the two EX moves on it. But now that you can spend the two of them for a single bar, it's like, yeah, actually. Yeah, it can make it work. Seems reasonable. Yes, but that was a bit of a long-winded explanation about the patch, but I'm pretty excited about it. The game's game's going to change up a fair amount, and I'm happy about that because... Well, that's good to see, like a game that has solid fundamentals that be able to mix and match stuff around and not change the core gameplay too much they have changed the core gameplay like basically everyone who's seen the patch like you're right the core the core gameplay in that it's still a fighting game with the same combo structure the old one did is the same but basically everyone who's played season three is going it it's changed it's enough game. that it's almost a sequel. No shit. Yeah. Like huh. how it plays. Take that Overwatch. Uh yeah. But no, I'm so, I'm having I'm having a lot of fun with it and Yeah, so I've been playing a bit of that. I've also spent the last two days modding Skyrim again. I'm like, hey, I want to play Skyrim again. And then uh have, uh, is, have you yeah. ever played regular Skyrim? Yeah. No, I've been every single every Skyrim. single time I've heard you play a Skyrim, it's like so I've installed five hundred mods, and it doesn't work. <laughs> it's like I've got four hundred hey, mods. <laughs> I am running two hundred and sixteen. Oh, actually, I think two hundred and eighteen mods. It has not you crashed you, once. I have not come you, across any bugs so far. It's working perfectly. Neglecting to mention that 200 me. of those mods fixes Bethesda's bugs. Oh, no. Like a, a no, that's, just, probably, that's just one mod. A good probably oh. 45 uh, patches. But they're patches for mods. Only probably 
three or four of them are mods that, um, yeah, there's probably only three or four of them that are mods that change, um, the game, like change yeah, the, uh, sorry, the patchwork the game. Yeah. Mm. Well, I'm pretty sure last time I checked, uh, Skyrim had a the unofficial fan patch, which basically which patched so much shit before. Everything. Yeah. Well, not basically. So it, well, it's yes, almost a one-stop shop not for everything, it. but basically everything. Um, but you know, a bunch of them are also peripheries, like UI changes and um, making sure you know uh, SKSE, SKSE or the Skyrim script extender, which. Um, Uh, the Skyrim script extender, which allows you to effectively it's, it's, run more mods because you extend yeah. the amount of scripts you can have. Because are you using the special edition or are you using the regular Skyrim? A uh, special edition. Because I, I, there was some blood mods I wanted to use for Skyrim, but the special edition at the time didn't have any support for the mods. Like I could only find these certain blood mods working within the regular one so i tried it out and with mods attached to the original skyrim it almost like looks like a one for one compared to the special edition the special edition doesn't look that different on pc i mean i can understand it look like being sold for consoles because they don't have that sort of accessibility with mods and shit like that but on pc i feel like I can't remember. I I hope I didn't pay for it. I hope I didn't buy the special edition. I, I hope it was given to me for free. Special edition was free if you had the base game and all the um, DLCs. Yeah, DLCs. I do. So yeah, I probably would have gotten through that. And I was like, okay, like people, if anyone actually paid for the special edition, I had in the normal Skyrim, you pretty much got ripped off because yeah, that was like thirty free. bucks. But it was yeah. honestly, it's a case of if you had all the DLCs then you got it for free. And if you didn't have all the DLCs, then you might as well just buy the special edition instead no, 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 of I, buying the DLCs. I remember now. I remember. So I had Skyrim and one of the DLCs, and it's like, oh, to get it for free, you need the, you need, you need need all the DLCs. And they were running a special on the DLCs at the exact same time. So I got them for like three bucks or some shit like that. I'm like, wow. yeah, might as well. And then I got a free fucking... Well, not free. I technically paid three dollars for it. But yeah. It ain't that fun. So that's been your week? Yeah, pretty much. Like I said, amazingly, I've managed to mod almost the entire thing out the wazoo. Like like, like I said, I have... Um, like 200... I, I think I'm running like 220-odd plugins. Um, which are the actual, like... ESL, uh, ESM, Elder Scrolls Master files. Mm. You can only run 255 of them. Like, it's hard-coded in that you cannot do that. So I've, like... I'm, like, 80% into the maximum cap of mods you can run. That is crazy. And there's been no issues at all. Yes. Well, there's been a couple, but, like, it took... It's... I've probably done less than half an hour of bug fixing. And considering, like I said, I've been modding this thing for two days, that's pretty fucking good. 
as, as I said, like, I probably put at most uh, about 10 to 20 mods. And, like, it's not like I'm limiting myself. It's like I could only find, like, X amount of mods that I would enjoy. Even though there's thousands upon thousands. Like, I'm pretty sure it's in the hundreds of thousands if I go to... Uh, let's just fucking circle up Nexus mod. Nexus mode. Uh, the other thing would be, when was the last thing you checked it? Last time I checked Nexus mod or last time I uh, had Skyrim mod? Last time mod? you were modding Skyrim. Oh, that I can tell you if I find it. Uh, library. Skyrim belongs to the Nord. Uh, October 19th in 2018. So about a year, year and three months. Yeah. Yeah. No, at, at this point, most of the big mods in Skyrim have been updated to special. Okay. So they have 62,000 mods with 1.7 billion downloads. And the special edition has 22,000 mods. Yeah. Just looking at the top, the top fucking modded games that only Bethesda games until The Witcher 3. You get Skyrim, Fallout 4, Special Edition, Skyrim, Fallout New yeah. Vegas, Oblivion, I, Fallout 3. I can't say that's especially surprising. Something slightly off topic, but something interesting about um, Witcher 3, or rather all of CD Projekt Red's games, is mm. they have outright given permission for people to use their assets for modding. Really? Like Ooh. as long as it's as long as there's no profit being drawn from it. Yeah, I feel like I'm not too sure what engine the fucking Witcher uses. I'm guessing it's an in-house engine, but that if they straight up going, yeah, we'll let you mod this stuff up, then yeah, they would have had a put the they engine out for the people Aurora to use the Aurora engine. Uh, I I more mean stuff like meshes and textures. So if you wanted to put weapons and armor and shit from like Witcher Other 3 into, into your it. game and oh you can go, so it's yeah, not modding Witcher 3 but if you want to use if you want to if you use, use our their, stuff their assets in mods for other games okay yeah that's pretty nice of them also the I Witcher runs off an in-house engine called the Aurora engine yeah I was, I was thinking it would be an in-house engine um because yeah like that that I, may not be entirely accurate what i just said i like i know there's something like that on it but i don't know the details we'll have to have it a fucking have it a sus in a bit um but i do know there is something along those lines it's like you like there's something with their assets let's go which i bet if i just write that uh CD Projekt Red use the Witcher 3 assets in Skyrim for mods oh that's just a question okay so obviously people are allowed to use the mods but uh can't really find anything on face value for the uh oh no there's no general permission for using our assets in other games. However, we may grant permissions in we may grant such permissions in individual cases. Please send an email to our legal department. I'll provide you the email, the email and briefly describe how do you want to use our assets for my game. So they're all happy for you to use your assets just as long as it's like all good with their uh, legal team. Yeah. Okay, that's very nice of them. 
Sweet. So yeah, has that been your week? Yeah, pretty much. Skyrim, Dragon Ball, and uh, Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter, yeah, of course, of course. Alex, other than more Monster Hunter, what have you been playing? I've been playing gacha games. Other than gacha games, what have you been playing? I have replayed almost through the entirety of um, uh, Halo Wars. So oh, the, the first one or the second one? The first one. Uh, the second one is not on Steam, so I'm not bothering with it until it comes to Steam, which it's I doubt gonna... it will. Well, it's on the Microsoft uh, Game Pass. Yeah, and I cannot I, be fucked. I believe from what I heard is from reviews and stuff for Halo Wars 2 is that it is literally worse in every single way. From what I've heard, and this is what I've heard, is that it's a much better game it's a much better game in terms of canon uh than uh halo wars one but that's all i've heard i haven't heard much about the gameplay i'm i'm guessing it's more of the same i haven't heard many people complain about it yeah i i still think they i still don't think they've fixed the scorpion issue what's the scorpion issue uh if you wanted to beat halo wars one all you have to do is build scorpions. Because they were just that broken. Yeah. They... Scorpion tanks uh, had... Could... Uh, well, scorpion tanks were, like, the base... Were the UNSC's basic ground vehicle. So you could build them at tech level 2. Their armaments included... Uh, their, well, their armament... They had two primary armaments, which was a machine gun that could attack both ground and air targets and their main gun, which could only attack ground targets. Now, like, one scorpion on its own, not a problem. Like, it's it's a tank. Like, the main... The, the, the machine gun doesn't do enough constant damage to be a threat to a lot of things, and the occasional uh, primary cannon firing, not too much of a big issue. Four mm-hmm. scorpions, on the other hand, is completely broken. Like, you can run a fucking army with just four scorpions? Yeah, four scorpions, and there is no objective in the game that can stand against you. You just focus fire things one after another. Yep. And then there's the scorpion's ability, which is the canister shell, which is you press a button, and the scorpion launches an AoE dealing shrapnel explosion at the target. And and yeah, four of them this in, in four abilities and you just clear whatever room you decide you want to clear yeah so uh, if you go up against an enemy base you and you have say like I think six or seven scorpions you hit uh, that's the base gone Jesus yeah so that's yeah so campaign scorpions were broken in PvP scorpions were also pretty much broken because like it you the covenant got a scarab like the covenant gets a scarab in pvp yeah. as well like that's their that's their uber unit the big be all end all unit about eight scorpions can take that thing on and win seven might struggle six and you'll need to use the canister shell and that's it right that's crazy and that's, and that's your tech level two tank versus the uber unit yeah yeah the tech the tech level three uber unit versus the tech level two tank now this is reminding me of a game an rts i used to play a long time ago called dark rain uh 
it's your it's your usual like three factions versing each other but one yeah. faction had a weapon kind of like a scorpion except you just position it and they can attack from afar just build them and no one can stop you because from what i remember like usually you would have the sort of positive and negative traits of each unit yeah. so obviously for a negative trait for a unit that can shoot for long range would be can't shoot close range well yeah. apparently this one can still shoot close range right so, it was, so like, it was a crazy powerful artillery unit without a minimum range yeah yeah i think that's what i think that's because it's been like i was in primary school when i was still playing this game and I'm pretty sure, yeah, this one unit that you can just build and just set it up like outside the enemy's base and just rain hell. Yeah, like, no. and they can't do anything about it. Yeah, Halo it Wars crazy. runs off a uh, like a like a weapon triangle, like a rock paper scissors thing, where mm-hmm. it's uh, infantry beat aircraft, aircraft beat vehicles, and vehicles beat infantry. And except yeah, the scorpion, the, the, rock the scorpion paper beats everything. <laughs> a scorpion is the shotgun yeah in rock paper shotgun <laughs> yeah so what well, uh when you played pvp or when you play also played in the campaign uh you get depending on because you you get to pick a you get to pick a faction leader if you pick the covenant faction leaders they appear as actual units on the field that you can control so like if you pick the prophet of regret uh he came with like an orbital cannon that just like pounded down fucking like a laser beam and you could guide it around and kill units like that if you played as the arbiter he had you could take direct control of him and direct what you wanted him to attack with like massive damage attacks if you played the brute chieftain he had like a gravity orb that just floated around and sucked shit into it and killed it if you played Hmm. as the unsc leaders they gave you a specific leader power and an upgraded unit now if you played as captain cutter you would get instead of marines you could upgrade marines into odsts and you could drop odsts wherever you wanted on the yeah map. i do that remember that what, uh what does that stand orbital strike defense troop or, orbital drop shock trooper that's odst o- odst the orbital drop shock trooper so that those those were that's what carter's abilities were his leader power is he gets the mac cannon the fuck's a Mac cannon? Magnetic acceleration cannon. You the pick Mac a gosh, cannon. The Mac cannon, cannon. Yeah, the Mac cannon. Yeah. Or just a Mac. You don't need to call it the Mac yeah, cannon. It's, it's just, yeah, it's a just Mac. the Mac. It's just the Mac. He gets the Mac, and what that does is you go into like a little target thing, and it's an orbital um, sniper that you just shoot into whatever you want. Kind of like the Prophet of Regrets, but the Prophet of Regret is like a concentrated beam. His is just pick a gun, you fire a shot, and you can upgrade that so it gets more shots. Every single time I hear the prophet regret, it's like I regret ever coming to this place. I regret. I can't remember how the speech goes, but Dear I fucking humanity, love it. We regret being fucking alien bastard. We regret coming to Earth, and we regret that the core just blew up our raggedy ass fleet. Hoorah! Hoorah! <laughs> yeah. So that's that's him. Then you have um, Professor Anders. So if you get her, her ability is a cryo bomb. And that freezes everything in place. And if flying units are in the air, they freeze and fall out of the sky. So it instantly kills flying some flying units. Uh, her up, she gets a unique unit called the Gremlin, and you mm-hmm. can upgrade her uh, Falcon, no, no, her, her Hornets into Falcons, which are like super basic air units. Now we get to the bullshit, which <laughs> is 
Sergeant now, Forge. Now, here's where it's bullshit. Here's where it's bullshit. This is Sergeant Forge. Sergeant Forge's unique um, leader ability is a carpet bomb. So he just carpet bombs an area and just blows it the fuck up. The unit he upgrades is the Scorpion. <laughs> <laughs> Into the Grizzly Tank, which gives it a second primary cannon. Jesus. And a faster fire rate on its LMG, as well as more health and more armor and faster movement. So we just buffed up the biggest fucking. Oh, but that's not even that's not even the worst of it. That's you not can it. Upgrade. You can There's up- more. Yeah, as part of every faction can upgrade their supply depots to give them bigger, like to upgraded supply depots, which will give them more supplies. Forge builds the upgraded one from the start. Fuck. So you get these, you get the upgrades accessible from the beginning. No, no, no. Like, so you don't need the, to upgrade there. You don't need to upgrade it. You purchase the upgrade as the base. That seems a bit rough for everyone else involved. Yeah, because you need tech level one to upgrade the supply depot. Forge Does this just, just says mean you get more supplies than everyone else from the start. Yeah, at the start of the game, if you're playing as Forge, you just have a greater supply income than everyone else in the game that well seems as, to be that's broken as fuck it was broken it is broken as fuck this is not it was they haven't patched the game because they've got halo wars 2 like patching finished a long time ago yeah no the patching for halo wars 2 is i'm not actually you know i'm not going to spoil that i am not going to spoil that because um we are going to be playing through halo wars for the channel as soon as we're done with the two other fucking recordings that i'm doing which is valkyria chronicles and pokemon after we're done with them i'm gonna take you guys on a lovely trip through the entire halo canon obviously skipping over halo wars 2 because as far as i'm concerned that game doesn't exist until it comes to steam yeah i was looking at the steam i was looking at the steam uh, page for halo wars having a look at the reviews and it's like oh yeah you know no halo wars on steam i cry where's halo wars 2 uh, mm-hmm. when we're going to get Halo Wars where's Halo Wars 2 on Steam unfortunately no Halo Wars like they're not reviews they're straight up people's going where's Halo Wars 2 yeah and like oh ODST spam okay that's a review positive though yeah so obviously <laughs> like you know ODST spam because like what's better than running your fucking warthog into the enemy base the enemy's like oh it's just one warthog and then suddenly an army falls from orbit we just need sight. That's all we need. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me of the cheese in Dark Crusade. So in the one RTS I remember playing heaps of was Dawn of War Dark Crusade. Mm. Um, That's my favorite Space one. Marines had a scout unit, which could infiltrate, which basically meant it was invisible unless it got too close That's to the skulls. That's the little floating skulls, no, isn't they're, it? No, they're actual scouts as well. Okay. Um... They also had this uh, a late game building called the Orbital Relay that let you build either regular troopers. It could it could hold up to three, and you could drop anything anything you bought from it instead of spawning. It was held in the relay, and you could drop it at any time to anywhere you have vision on. And you could choose to either do Marine squads, which would start in unreinforced. You drop them in, and then start reinforcing them which costs mm-hmm. one slot. Or for two slots, you could drop in a uh, Dreadnought Assault Walker. So because that was two slots and each Assault Relay had three slots, you could only do one of them. But there wasn't a cap on the amount of drop relays you could build. 
Really? So you'd run one unit of scouts into their base and then drop six dreadnoughts on them. Yeah, that seems fucked. Um, that wasn't quite as bad as Necron cheese. Uh, Necrons had a couple I of I love things. Necron cheese. So Necron cheese is the best. Firstly... If you, if you hadn't killed the whole unit, then there was a chance every time a Necron died, it would uh, regenerate and just reanimate back to life. And once the whole unit was destroyed, it couldn't reanimate anymore, though. Yeah. Um, but the big thing was, Dark Crusade had a unit cap, so each unit or vehicle added to that unit or vehicle cap. Like, it was max of 20, regular Necrons cost 2... Most regular soldier squads cost two, or if they were cheaper, they cost one. You know, at least could cost four or five or whatever. Yeah. So that was a max of 20. Now, the Necrons had two interesting things. Whenever they bought their leader, because you could only have one leader, uh, if it died, you could buy another one. The Necrons, instead of buying another one, once they bought an, once they bought a new one, it resurrected the old leader wherever it died. Yeah. The second thing is you can get an ability called the Orb of Resurrection, which resurrects all Necron corpses in a radius that was most of the screen. So Now, when, when you I resurrected pl- things, <laughs> you didn't resurrect up to the unit cap. You resurrected, resurrected every was... one in range. Yeah, so that's what I would do. So if you just kept charging your people at the front of their base, or if you had a big fight somewhere... Or if you had two big fights somewhere because you choose to pick fights in the same choke point every time, and then you click the resurrection button and all of a sudden you just walk down your opponents because you're at your unit cap of 20 with 60 units worth. Well, that's what that's what I would do is the Necrons, is as soon as the game starts, I start building Necron warriors and then put the um, rally point at their in, base. Yeah, in their base. So they just have to deal with Necron warriors. So they'll kill them. Game. They'll kill them, and they'll, you know, because it's only like a neck, like two Necrons that is walking. Like they're they're easy dead. But as soon as like by the time I get my Necron Lord up, and by the time I have the Resurrection Orb, I just send the Necron Lord up and just have an instant army over Squad Cap, and then just kill fucking everything the only way to sort of beat that is to have more units pumped out attacking my base because um, that way because yeah, i'm already ru- spending so much resources tended to be the a bit of the strategy because the only way they could create capture requisition points and shit uh which is what you get your um requisition yeah, you, from yeah, which the currency, requisition they needed yeah. to use their boulders to capture those points yeah, so if and you they... rush them down and stop their builders, then they were pretty fucked. Though that yeah, could be hard to do at times. pretty weak. Um, but uh, they mainly run on energy, and I think the requisition points are more for squad cap, I think. I think the if you capture requisition points, they ups the squad cap. Yeah, but the other thing about the Necron cheese is that... So you'd go, oh, well, if, if you're... Uh, if that's their tactic, they're going to get everyone in one spot and then resurrect them. Then we just need to kill their lord and stop him getting to you. But you remember that point how I said when you when they rebuy their lord, it resurrects wherever it died. Good yeah. fucking luck. Yeah, because that was the main it would thing. Be exactly that. You'd have a big fight with the Necrons and you'd kill everything, and they would rebuy their lord in twenty to twenty-five seconds or however long it took to buy it. It might have even been a minute, but you know, it takes a minute to rebuy their lord. It gets up and immediately re-resurrects the whole army. So, my friend found out how to counter that. 
And what he did is he built um, turrets all around the Necron Lord with I, the rocket launcher yeah, upgrades. Because rocket launchers meant they would continually knock them over. Yeah. Rockets were hilarious because units could actually get knocked prone and couldn't do anything until they stood back up. So if you just had like 10 rocket turrets, even though they were anti-tank weapons and they couldn't harm they couldn't really do oh, damage to infantry like they would but it would take a while it um, takes time yeah but if they were scouting with something solo like a lord or a single unit then they'd just be unable to move yeah that's funny like you just keep knocking the ne- necron lord down and he can't actually resurrect because he's too busy getting his ass pushed in like that was that was the fucking bane of my existence. Sitting there, it's like I need him to resurrect. I need to have like a break. So I would like just fucking pull in. I think horror. I think they're called the horror squad, which is units you can just summon uh, anywhere. ones. I think it's the ones. Yeah, and um, yeah, just get them to tank like some rockets, just so my Necrolon could just summon and then be done with it, and then we just move on from there. That's it. That game honestly had a lot of cheese in it just in general um, i love those sorry, old strategy sorry, games. i lied to you when i was talking about infiltrating and how infiltrating units meant they um were invisible unless they were attacking or in something with spotting i lied yeah. they're invisible unless they're uh, attacked by something that can spot invisible units or in range yeah so you kind of need to watch out for them they can still attack without breaking stealth. Really? Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, the fucking Dark Elves. Oh, not Dark Elves. The Elves Elder and the Tiny Squads. Well. It's like they don't actually break um, uh, stealth attacking. To, to make things even more enjoyable for everyone, um, every basically every stealth squad had access to either sniper rifles or flamethrowers. Both which did heavy morale damage. That's a thing I forgot about in fucking Dawn of War. Morale damage. Good love morale damage. Yes. Yeah, so and then fucking the uh, could lose morale and break, and it would reduce their effectiveness overall. They lost defense yeah. and damage the, um, and accuracy. The Imperial Guard had the best solution to that. Just fucking <laughs> the execute Guard someone. Commissar, yes, if you got the commissar, which was the squad sergeant then you could instantly recover half your morale and cure the broken condition by shooting your own men. You just execute one of your own soldiers in the squad. And yeah, fully greater good, that is. It, it may look bad, but it's for the greater good. Fucking that reminds me of the opening to fucking um, Gothic, Battlefleet Gothic Armada 2. Like, if you play through well, the tutorial... same 40k universe. Yeah, I know, but, like, oh, it's so fucking great. Because, like, the the Sisters of Battle warp in. One one person on the ship goes, this looks like it's going to be a tough fight. And the fucking canoness goes, is that cowardice I hear? <laughs> Commissar, do your duty. It's like... <laughs> it just shoots the guy I, on the spot. Do I smell a bitch? Is there a bitch in here? I smell... A fucking someone needs to be executed. Get the smell out of here. Yeah, that, that's it's. It seems to be a likely solution, and it does work for them. Can't say I'm a fan of it. Well, see, you either get shot I, in the face I or shot like in the back. Forty k is like a fantasy version. If 
if the fantasy World War Two, if if yeah, if World War Two Russian tactics basically were carried to the end, I went right. They won humanity. They're they're leading. <laughs> Russia won humanity. Exactly. Fucking hell. So is that your week, Alex? Uh, almost. I also began my legendary playthrough of Halo Reach. Yeah, when are we going to do our lasso run? When we get all four people who have fucking Halo Reach to play. Because I know me, you, and Josh, and Noctis were doing it, but yeah. we never got, like, Noctis is fucking barely around. Yep. Because uh, fucking Halo Combat Evolved still isn't out yet. It, I feel it's going to be out soon because they did put a... They did have a... Um, invite access for something i'll have a quick squeeze but they did have some sort of access for it um because the halo master chief collection is completely dead at the moment like it's got 1500 people playing and that's really nothing it really is one and a half one and a half thousand is not much for a fully online game but at the same time like people people are sort of waiting for halo one and halo three yeah it's like halo one and halo three is what's gonna drag people in i just want halo two because that was the last halo i actually played so i want to complete my nostalgia trip with halo two and then i want to get into halo three and halo three odst never got my hands on those never played them before and i really want to play them i've played for the entire series including five and that was that oh was a boy doozy. yeah i'm i'm not upset that five is not coming to pc yeah that's fucking dodgeable i played through all of halo 4 in a single day over at my girlfriend's place because she had to go to the dentist in the morning and she's like oh i'll turn on the fucking xbox for you what do you want to play and i'm like what do you got and she's like i got halo 4 and i'm like yeah i'll fucking i'll play through that i beat it before she got back <laughs> like halo she's like, 4 how was it i'm like oh it was fucking bad it wasn't that bad. There was there was definitely some good parts in Halo Four I liked. The only like, thing it, I remember it, from Halo Four was the elephant, and like yeah, that, that was really good. I that, that felt like Halo. Yeah, everything else, I'm just like, what the fuck even is this? But I I think I've been talked about Halo my Halo Five experience on here before about it was just the most baffling, boring game. Like they would show obviously the perspective of master chief's group and um spartan locks group and spartan locks group is fucking chasing after master chief but it felt like the story was only happening in cutscenes. so uh they will show story in a cutscene, and then you'll be control of either master chief or um fucking what? spartan locks group and instead you're sort of doing side missions instead of actually doing the main thing so oh, it'd be like right. all right it's we're like starting you'd go through storyline and then you'd have a mission for action but it felt like more of just a mission so you had some action and then yeah. back to the back to the and when the cutscene happened again. again it went back into the story and that was especially like 
like mainly for Spartan Locke's group because he'd be like, "Oh, Master Chief went here. Let's investigate." And then they get there, and the people, the civilians, are like, "You need to help us. Something's happened." And you basically help the civilians out. And at the end of that mission, it's like, "Right now, back to chasing Master Chief." And then you go for a cutscene, and then you go back to gameplay, and it's like, you know, we need to help out this or that. And then like you meet the Arbiter for one cutscene, and that's it. I'm like the fuck the arbiter's like yeah i i know you you're chasing fucking john um not too happy about it but i kind of want to know what's going on as well and the only time any sort of story action happened was like the last mission and it's the most fucking stupidest fucking story ever it's like master chief is after cortana because apparently cortana must stay be alive might still be alive and then you get to cortana and she's just like man I, I have a wealth of knowledge. Come come with me to take over the rest of the world. And fucking Master Chief's like, what? Wait, no, 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 okay, we, we're going to take you back. And she's like, no, I'm not going anywhere. I want to I take over the world. You're not taking over the world with me? Fine, fuck you. And then that's that. That the fucking fights ensue. I'm like, what? Because obviously it's a whole, like, after a certain amount of time, the AIs go crazy. But she's like, I have all this knowledge, and now I'm going to use it to fucking take back what's mine. And I'm like, the fuck? The fuck? The last time, the last time fucking Cortana got a wealth of knowledge or was teased with a wealth of knowledge is because she went fucking batshit crazy versus the hive mind or the grave mind. That's how, that's how the Gravemind tortured her between Halo 2 and 3. It's like, have a look at all this knowledge. Don't you like this knowledge? Don't you want to figure it out? And she's like, fuck, yes, I do. She's, she's got a fuck... She's jonesing for knowledge. <laughs> like, she just wants knowledge. knowledge. And now she gets it. When she gets knowledge, it's just like, man, I just want to kill everything, eh? And fucking John's just like, no, can, <laughs> can you not? And then, uh, and, but apparently we still... You don't do that. The request has been denied. Well, I'm going to have to stop you to do that. But it was... It, the game went for, like, I think four hours. Like, it was... It, I, it beat it in a single session. But it was... It felt like eight hours because it was just that boring. So I beat a four-hour game in what felt like eight hours because of how boring it was. Like, Halo 5 is not good at all. Like, at all. The multiplayer was even worse. Like... I don't know what the fuck they did with the multiplayer, but it ain't fucking proper Halo multiplayer. That's what it isn't. So yeah, I I am happy fucking Halo 5 skipping out on PC. I don't want anyone else to suffer that shit. But I am interested to see Halo Infinite, which is coming to PC. Ooh, good stuff. Don't. Apparently Infinite's meant to be coming out this year and we still haven't seen shit. Well, that's good though. I'd, I'd much rather them keep everything under wraps. And not ask for pre-orders. That's the thing, though. I feel at the same time, it's like, yeah, they're not putting everything out for show. At the same time, I feel concerned. Yeah. It's like, why aren't they showing anything? Well, you know how people in this industry are. They fucking... You give them, you give them a toenail and they speculate what the foot looks like. You got it, though. Yeah, well, well, fucking... You don't. Just leave it alone. Just take what it is. You don't need to give Kotaku a reason to write 14 different articles <laughs> on some random-ass bullshit. You still salty about the Star Wars articles? I oh, mean, I'm fucking... What Star Wars articles? 
fucking Kotaku constantly harping on about how bad fucking uh, Star Wars The Fallen Order is, and yet they give it a high review. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's definitely Man, that. this game's great. What a piece of shit, eh? Yeah. So, yeah, they say Halo Infinite will be released uh, in 2020, and it will be a Xbox Series X uh, launch title. So, yeah, if for some reason you weren't fucking convinced that next-gen consoles are coming out this year, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty I much almost it. confirmed without being confirmed on a slightly more unrelated note but also do uh also to do with next gen consoles mm-hmm. uh cd project red have come out saying basically you shouldn't have to purchase a game twice so anyone who buys it oh, yeah. on xbox one gets it for free on xbox x when it comes out they haven't set it for ps5 no but no well, the PS5 okay. hasn't officially been announced yet, so yeah, they can't exactly. say anything. I I have only... All I can say is the only one I've heard is um, CD Projekt Red on... That does Xbox. seem like such a good guy thing to do, but at the same time, they would be missing out on so much money. Yeah, it is entirely a good guy thing to do. It's not going to make us forget about their ridiculous crunch culture. You dicks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah like um that, that's the one thing i was saying to other people was like hey look like be glad that it got delayed as far as it did because even though it got delayed like six months they still have to crunch for it which means kind of guess what condition would have came out if they did release it on time like yeah. that would not be a fantastic place to put it in but oh well. We'll uh, we see don't how know, it goes. We don't know what workers' rights and unions are like in Poland. It would be much different. Yep. I have the feeling it'd be much different. Like, have you ever heard how fucking I think it was the Metro series got made? That shit was so backwater. Like, hey yeah, look, we had to bribe the uh <laughs> airport the security sport? people. Oh, okay. No, they had to bribe the airports uh, the airport security people just to let their computers in. <laughs> like like they they had a rough development but oh well so was that your week alex that was my week all right well my week wasn't as eventful as it was last time uh i beat final fantasy 7 um i think i said that on the podcast last week um uh, but i think you did too i know we talked yeah. about it you're also saying, saying something about Tales of Berseria. You oh, yeah. Uh, I think... No, 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 no. I was playing Final Fantasy VII. So I yeah. beat Tales and Death Stranding last week, and I was playing through Final Fantasy VII. Uh, I beat Final Fantasy VII, and uh, it's a good game, but there are some uh, not-so-good parts about it, which definitely shows its age. But like, I was saying, like, it's definitely, like... How do I put it? I would say it's my. It would be my third favorite Final Fantasy game, second being Final Fantasy VIII, and first being Final Fantasy X. But uh, like it's not bad, but there is definitely some age to this game. Like there is definitely some age. Like 
like there's so much stuff they could get away with at the time as well like literally sid which is this um pilot that you meet who's basically like i wanted to go into space so shinra basically uh i was a part of shinra's uh, space program they were going to send me into space i was going to be the first person in the world to you know go to space and go to land on the moon but then uh this chick straight up fucked it for me like i can't remember her name but so chick's like no this this oxygen thing is busted you need to fix this i'm trying to fix it right now and he's like no nah, fuck it we're you just don't worry about it and it's like all right we're about to take off and the chick's still in the oxygen um tank room and it's like if you stay in there you will fucking die and she goes yeah i don't mind you know i don't want to step on your big dream so just take off please and he so he abandons he abandons the fucking thing altogether and he straight up blames her all the time so he's literally like as soon as he gets home he's like fucking hell bitch put a cuppa on for these people like what the fuck are you waiting for you dumb slut like going off her his fucking shops at her like calling and then just like then there's like a bit of a resolution in the end but still like if you had that in today's day fucking your game would like your game will be fucking pitched at yeah and um like obviously like backlash (laughs) uh sephiroth's uh story becoming a bad guy is so sudden and so nonsensical nonsensical, disproportionate to the information so it's like see how how it's how it's been explained to me is basically how it's been explained to me is basically that he goes, wait a minute, that's my mother's name. Is my mother a monster? Well, I guess it must be hereditary. I'm a monster too. And is just evil? And that's the entire motivation? So what happens is, like, we go to the Shinra, uh, not Shinra, uh, yeah, Shinra reactor to fix it, and we go inside and there's this room inside the reactor that says Genova. And he's like, huh, Genova's my mum's name. Ain't that ain't that a bit suspicious? And we're like, oh fuck it, I don't care. He, and he looks in the pods and you see people fused with Mako, like certain turning into monsters. And he's like, that's a monster. Am I a monster? Hmm. So then he spends like I think a week uh inside the Shinra Mansion's basement studying about Genova. And he's like, oh, this is interesting about Genova. That's interesting about Genova. And then he's just like, you know what? Fuck everything. I'm going to take the planet back. And it's like, what? what? It's like, what do you mean you're going to take the planet back? And then he leaves the mansion and sets the entire town on fire, killing almost everyone in it. You know. And it was just like, that's a bit drastic. <laughs> and then he's, like, he's, he's got a fucking, what is that? Oedipus complex? Fucking Oedipus. where? Oedipus? Oedipus, Oedipus complex, yeah, he's he's like that. It's like me and mother are gonna take the planet back, yada yada yada, because Genova was a shape shifting monster that came f- from a fucking different planet altogether, and they're sort of studying her, and it's like you know what, fucking we're gonna take the planet back. But I do like his plan on how they're gonna take the planet back because the planet is uh, flowing with life force. So basically, when someone dies, their life force life life force returns to the planet in a like a life force stream and so what he's going to do is uh send a massive fucking comet from god knows where (laughs) 
to attack the planet so the life force will act in defense to try and stop the meteorite to which then he'll absorb all the life force and become a god that's his plan i'm like that's pretty smart pretty fucked though but pretty smart and use the one thing that's different about this game is usually uh final fantasies are set in completely different like planets like it's got nothing to do with earth or earth-like stuff at all except you're on planet earth in final fantasy 7 you are actually on earth okay so, like, so every they, other they final call fantasy it, is like Hey, you're Final Fantasy is like old hey, world old Yeah, in this world or Shinra or Cocoon or wherever, like fantasy planets that are made up. This is the only Final Fantasy I know of that's actually set on like Earth. Even though like the continents are different, it's still Earth because in the big fight, uh Sephiroth does his fucking trump card move, which fucking screen goes black pans to the stars mathematicians just start sliding across the screen at a fucking blinding rate and then you see this comet to start coming out of nowhere and then it shows you pluto and then pluto fucking getting obliterated then it shows you like jupiter the comet goes through Jupiter. Jupiter fucking explodes, <laughs> right? And it goes through the asteroid belts. It goes through every other fucking planet. It hits the sun. The comet hits the sun. The sun starts expanding and exploding and it absorbs fucking Mercury, Venus, and it's literally bordering on Earth. The, the sun's bordering on Earth. And then my party takes half damage. <laughs> I just lost my shit. I was I was literally in tears because you see this, this fucking comet take out planets, almost destroy the sun, and it only does half health to my party. <laughs> like it is, it is, it, and it goes for like three minutes. This cutscene, it's almost as bad as Knights of the Round because Knights of the Round goes for like a minute and a bit, and the fucking Sephiroth's big fucking comet attack just takes like three minutes and then like party's just like oh man that was a bit warm <laughs> I'm like okay oh, that, I'm, like, I'm not gonna stand in front of that again yeah that the fucking better heal up I guess <laughs> like that wasn't that wasn't nice but uh yeah uh, it is certainly a fun game uh I'm going to come back and do logically questionable Oh, like I said, the story writing at the time, I can completely understand it revolutionizing, like, storytelling. I can completely understand that when right, it came right out. Right now, it's aged. But but people, it has certainly aged. Like, people who hold Final Fantasy VII as if it's literally the second coming of Jesus. And it's like, oh my god, Jesus, come down. And instead of the Ten Commandments, he brought two copies of Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> and it's like, here you go. Here you go. Tem- there you are. There's one for you, one for you. You go fucking spread the good word. Like, it is a good game. But when people, I see people hype it the absolute fuck up. I'm sitting here going like, what game did you play? Now, the the, <laughs> like, yes, the benefit good, I have... It's, it's not It's not that... Now the, the benefit I have is I never played it. Oh no, I played it a little bit when I was younger, but I wasn't a fan of RPGs then, so I didn't really play through it and didn't really do as much. So I don't have that sort of nostalgia, um, like the 
Oh, calm down, aren't I? Uh, the nostalgia tied to it. Same, the same thing with me, like with me and Resident Evil Two. I think Resident Evil Two is an amazing. It is my favorite game. It is not the bee's knees. It's yeah, not you, a you great can game. Recognize its flaws. I, I can like the game comes with flaws, a hundred percent. But I still think I still think it is my favorite game. I think it's an amazing game, but it is very flawed. And that's what I, I see happen with people who play Final Fantasy VII is that they don't distance themselves from that. They see it as flawless. Like, it's the best thing since sliced bread. And I'm sitting there going like, cool. So, uh, the fact that, you know, you and... Oh, yeah. So, uh, this is one scene in Final Fantasy VII where it is heavily implied that uh, Tifa and Cloud fuck. Heavily implied that they fuck. So, and the airship is literally up above them and they thought everyone go on the bed. So when they get back up there, they're like, dude, you guys fucked. And Tifa's like, you were watching? It's like, what else is there to do? And Cloud's sitting there going like, oh man, that's a, that's rough. And Tifa's like fucking tickled pink embarrassed. And it's like, like, this is, this is what you think is great storytelling? (laughs) Not to mention the fucking, the implied gay scene where, it's kind of implied that uh, Cloud was uh, sexually manhandled by uh, like a like room f- like fifteen to twenty wrestlers. So uh, yeah, it, it's certainly interesting. The one thing I had that, I was, was annoyed that part of the cross dressing bit. Kind of. It no, it's kind of part of the cross dressing bit because you have to go to the Honeybee Inn to get uh, underwear for cloud to wear he has to wear like so this is a side mission it's a slight it's a side mission to look the prettiest because what you're basically doing is going to a whorehouse and investigating this uh guy who runs the whorehouse and uh you tifa and Eric are there and the side mission is to look the prettiest so you can just go in with the dress and a wig, but you won't win. He'll be like, "Who? Which one of you three is going to be my wife?" And if you win, if Cloud wins, then you get to fuck with the guy a little bit, <laughs> like, like seriously, like fuck around with him a little bit, not in a sexual way, but like fucking creep him yeah. the fuck out. Uh, so you can you can either go in with the wig and the dress, but you won't win, or you can get the golden tiara and the lingerie underwear and something else and you can win and fuck around for a bit but you go into the honeybee inn to get the lingerie and if you go into one of the rooms uh, you wake up and there's like three men in fucking speedos on the bed you're in and the room is filled with like 12 or 13 more fucking wrestlers just in their speedos (laughs) And and you're just like, what the fuck happened? It's like, oh, don't you worry, we got you in good care and shit. Like, like, what the fuck happened? (laughs) And Cloud's just like, we're never talking about this again, ever, ever, ever. (laughs) So yeah, but and there was another thing that annoyed me about how it does its storytelling uh, to a degree. So in Final Fantasy VII, um, I'll give a spoiler warning when I was going to say spoiler because there's a small spoiler in here. But there's two side missions you can sort of uh, participate in. One gives uh, information about Zack, which is a sold, uh, fellow soldier member who helps you out, helps Cloud out. 
and the other side mission is uh what's his name vincent vincent's a, pa- a, a party member and he was in love with this uh scientist chick before he became the vincent he was uh and you can meet her uh in a particular location but you have to have vincent in your party and vincent has to be present so that that side mission can take off so in the side mission with zach is basically like zach rescues you and try and he knows that sephiroth has just fucking turned evil so zach is trying to get you away or get cloud away from shinra because now shinra want to kill zach and cloud because they feel like they shinra thinks that they're involved in some way so you basically zach helps you out takes you out and then zach ends up dying like in the end shinra catches up and finds zach that's how cloud gets his buster sword it is originally zach's oh okay so that's how cloud gets buster sword. he gets zach's buster sword and basically wants to carry out zach's legacy for keeping cloud alive and but this is you have to go to the shinra mansion basement at a particular time in the game or you miss out completely and the game acts like even if you haven't done it like you haven't it, done it the side mission the game is it treats, it treats it you like you did done and that you know about all of it yes they, it, they treat you as if you know the origins of the buster saw that you know zach saved you and lots of stuff they yeah. treat you as if you did i see the now the, in that. now the side mission with vincent uh same thing you need to go to a particular pace and have vincent in your party now this isn't like a this has a much larger time window than Zack's side story but it still has a time window and if you go there you meet the love who is like vincent's uh ex-lover because what before vincent became the vincent he is now which is a sort of like vampirish monster ghoul thing uh he was in love with a scientist and it shows you that you know vincent her were in love they loved each other and then she breaks up with vincent doesn't know why and then she sees uh vincent sees his ex-girlfriend now with hojo who's like a fucking but ugly mad scientist and he's just like why why the f- why are you with this guy and she's like well i'm pregnant and he's like oh you're pregnant with hojo and he's like, yeah we're going to have a son his name is sephiroth and it was like oh so sephiroth oh shit spoiler (laughs) (laughs) spoiler Uh, skip skip a minute uh so sephiroth is hojo's son that's why hojo takes a particular interest in sephiroth and it's like dude fucking i did not know sephiroth was hojo's son and the party's like that's fucking wild that's wild (laughs) so then when you meet hojo Hojo is basically like, I need to give uh, this life energy shit to Sephiroth. I want Sephiroth to succeed. And you're like, why are you doing this? Why are you helping Sephiroth? And he's like, Sephiroth is my son. And your party's like, what? What? Sephiroth is your son? What? Right, so it's the other way around. In the last one, it assumes you do know even if you didn't do it. And this one, it assumes you didn't know even if you did do it. Yeah, I was like why like I is, and the characters are like why you're Sephiroth's father how could that be oh my god and then like well no I saw how 
he is Sephiroth's father, like literally like like four or five hours ago in this little side mission. And it, was, it just sort of baffled me how they would treat one major story element like it doesn't exist and another one as if you've seen it regardless even though the one that you the one that the game treats that you've seen regardless is has the, a is much a stricter one to is the harder one to experience like, like you have to go to the shinra mansion at the basement at a particular point in time in which the game doesn't go you should probably check this out you just have to go there like if you like the only people who would know to do that would either have a guide or, or explore everything before, all the time or, 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 or played it before searching everywhere yeah. because they're like i can't miss anything yeah so that's that's like one thing i'm like why would they do something like that it's really really weird but nonetheless like final fantasy 3 3 7 is still a good game i did enjoy it uh was super overpowered i feel by the end of it um because i found some i found the knights or i bred a golden chocobo which gives you the knights of the round material which is the strongest summon in the game so you have like the knights of the round so there's 12 knights mm -hmm. and they all do about at the current time 5,000 damage each so if there's multiple people mul multiple enemies it will do 5,000 damage to each of their enemies per knight and uh, apparently the PC version of Knights of the Round, like you can get a material called Quad Magic, which means it will cast a magic four times. Oh. Uh, apparently, apparently in the original version, you could use that with Knights of the Round. Which and in fact, you could kill anything. Oh, you would just murder anything because if you think about it, like you get it gets close times twelve for each of the knights times four because you're casting it four times equals a lot. It also it, it it scales with the character's level. So if you're higher level, it does more damage. You could probably do nine 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 damage per hit. Mm -hmm. And um, there's that, another uh, for anyone curious that equals out to two hundred and forty thousand damage. Yeah. So, but but um, there's also materia. I can't remember which materia it was, but you can combine it with the knights that are around and stuff like that. Um, I think it's called uh, mimic. And there's two materials. There's mimic and uh, Counter-Strike. So if you use Knights of the Round and then someone hits you, you will then Counter-Strike with Knights of the Round using the Mimic uh, command, which will cast Knights of the Round not four times, but nine times. So you can get close to a million damage so if basically you they hit you you counter it with an nine the gods yeah nine times which takes about i think 15 minutes in cutscenes. <laughs> oh right not even because kidding it's a super move so yeah, it's got it comes like with a, a cutscene. cutscene yeah with all the knights chiming in fucking smacking you around so apparently they patched that in uh the pc version to which you can't use quad magic on Knights of the Round, but people have still found out ways of using Knights of the Round nine times using the magic and the Counter-Strike function, but it requires multiple mimic materials. So it's like a quad magic mi uh, mimic materia that you need to use a mimic materia with Knights of the Round. Like it's, it's, it's a fucking shopping list of shit you need to do. But I did find out that I can use quad magic with any of my other summons. It's just Knights of the Round didn't work. 
So I, I had a uh, no, no. We're not, we're not letting you do this. So I had um, I think my strongest summon was Bahamut Zero, and he did like nine, 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 nine damage. So I had that quad magic. So that's still like a good thirty second cutscene, but it's you're looking at like forty thousand damage just for one attack. So it's really fucking strong. Oh yeah, the only way you can get the knights of the round to be summoned nine times because it takes 250 mp um the most i had the most mp you can get is 999 mp but there is a materia that can swap hp with mp so the max hp you can get is 9999 and the max mp you get is 999 you can swap those values around so you have 9999 mp right. and 999 health so you need that to use with the Knights of the Round Summon so you can summon it nine times yeah, so because that's like... The mana to use it. Yeah, because it takes around like two and a half, three thousand MP to use Knights of the Round nine times. So yeah, it's fucking crazy. Uh, but yeah, that's been my adventure with uh, Final Fantasy VII. So nice. because of that, I started playing Final Fantasy IX. And... Oh boy, that game is so totally different than all the Final Fantasies I've previously played. It is so... So, like, I play... So, the recent Final Fantasy I've played is uh, Final Fantasy VIII, X, X2, and seven. They're the recent ones. Uh, seven is based around... Uh, a terrorist group called avalanche trying to stop shinra from you know destroying the planet Again. and it turns out and it turns out that fucking sephiroth is trying to be a god to destroy the planet so it gets dark really quick and there's like strong adult themes final fantasy 8 is about a school which trains up mercenaries to fight in wars and then basically you have to fight i think as dumb as the premise sounds i think it's the coolest because the bad guy in Final Fantasy VIII, and skip ahead a minute if you don't want to be spoiled, is the world's strongest mage that can only fight you from the past. So it's so she Ultimacia, she is so powerful she can control events of the present from the past, and not is it not as in like I'm going to do this. So when it happens. So when this happens back then, uh, in the in a thousand years, it's going to hurt them. No, she's actually casting magic or creating shit from the past that influences the present directly. Yeah. So so for an example, even though this might not, this exact thing might not happen. But for example, like she could cast a fireball from where she is now in time, and it would fly and hit her target a thousand years in the future yeah so the the and like because she bends space and time and shit because she's the world strong she's the most strongest mage alive ever and so so she's basically creating a portal from the past into the present to attack people but the way that she attacks um because she needs a host so what she does is she affects uh, a party member um so she can essentially mind control a party member from the past to do her bidding for her in the present to then give her the ability to uh, affect the future. So what she's trying to do is to affect the future. She can only affect up to the p present. 
but she wants to affect the future. So you are fighting a fucking mage from the past. And that's, that is such an interesting concept. Like I've never seen something like that done before. And we're like, hey, look, we're fighting this ultra mage now. I was like, no, no, no. She lives like fucking hundreds of years ago. She, she's fighting us. Dead. Yeah. But and but fighting but ha- like concurrently, and that becomes the issue with uh, your goal of stopping Ultimacia is that it is in a loop. So you go back to defeat her. She comes. She comes to the present to pass on her spirit, her conscious, into somebody else, which then that somebody else sets in the events of what's happened before meaning she can't die she's just the only way we can stop ultimacia is keep her in this loop in this loop and this loop of us going to defeat her is going to happen infinitely we can't stop her we can't kill her so we can only lock her in this loop and like that does make sense but so that's the plot to eight uh 10 is a little more fantasy setting but fucking stakes are high and shit is dear so it still handles like a like like a lot of adult themes even for like looking a bit more on the pg side but actually it's pretty fucking ma rated and oh and final fantasy 15 final fantasy 15 is basically like the same thing your your dad dies and this army's trying to take over final fantasy 9 however is just like hey uh, we want to go steal this princess. We're going to kidnap this princess. So we faked a play so we can kidnap the princess. But what's this? The princess wanted to be kidnapped. So she comes on and joins a party and we're just having fun. <laughs> and that's what I've gone up to so far. I've gone up to a part in Final Fantasy IX where it's just like, okay, uh, there's these sort of uh, dolls. So there's a character named Vivi or Vivi or Vivi who's literally like a small like knee-high mage who wears like a witch's cap and like you can't see his face all you can see is his glowing eyes and he's all like you know doesn't really know much about his origins but we're finding more and more uh dolls or sort of vessels that look like Vivi styled like Vivi not small like they're adult sized but they are the same as Vivi, have the sort of hat, uh, blacked out face with only the eyes. And we're running into these fucking mages who straight up want to kill and just kill everything. And it's like, okay, shit's coming pretty dark. And it turns out like the princess we kidnapped, her mum ba- mum is uh, filling all these uh, Vivi-like dolls uh, and starting a war with them and even though like the main character of this game is like 13 i think hold up the the fucking princess yeah, anyway uh nine. like the characters are so fucking young uh zidane zidane is the main character he's literally like a little boy who has like a fucking like a goku style tail so yeah like he's he's like a kid and i'm sitting there going okay um this is 
quite weird for just having kids. And then uh, the princess is like 14 years old. Like, there's kids. Yeah, he's 16. Okay, he's 16. Born in 1783. But he's just a kid. He's like a little thief. And that's it. He's got the weirdest... He has. He he looks the most David Bowie there is, <laughs> though. He looks so fucking David Bowie. It's not funny. Uh, I'll put a little picture of him in our chat, and then you can fucking make the David Bowie comparison. But, uh, yeah, so it's literally following, like, his kids. And everything seems so sweet and humble, and we're just playing around, you know. I'm an actor, yada, yada, yada. And the princess just wants to live like a normal life and, you know, live happy, carefree. And she's followed by Steiner, who is this knight who's all, he's like fucking rock hard for the princess. Not in terms of relationship. He's just like anything the princess does, I have to do for her. Like I need, I need to, I need to be the princess bodyguard. She can't breathe without me breathing for her kind of thing. And so I've only like eight hours into Final Fantasy IX and I feel things are starting to turn dark because it's like we're starting to get into this thing of like, oh, actually, there's a war going on between um, Princess Garner's ca- castle and another castle. And what the Princess Garner's mother's doing is fucking straight up getting like uh, soulless vessels, turning them into mages and just getting them to kill people. And I went, this has changed real fucking quick. <laughs> like, well, that was a tone shift. Yeah. And it's like, it hasn't like totally shifted yet, but we've gotten to the part where like characters start to realize like, oh shit, we are in over our heads right now. And that's the weirdest thing. Like for me, this game has had the slowest start out of any Final Fantasy I've played. But... <laughs> All I'm hearing is that Final Fantasy IX is, like, one of the best Final Fantasies. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll have a quick fucking see of opinion poll. But, like, uh, best Final Fantasy. Oh, this is a fucking loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> Ranking the main finals from best to worst. I'll put two out randomly. Um, but, yeah, like, the... It seems so totally different from the rest of Final Fantasy series so far. Oh, Final Fantasy X's number one. Final Fantasy IX's number two. Final Fantasy VII's number three. Oh, here's that one. Um, but yeah, like, I hear nothing but, like, even Final Fantasy veterans, like, nah, nine's the best. And I... I, I I can't agree with them yet because I haven't played through all of Final Fantasy Nine, uh, but the amount of overhype that Final Fantasy Seven got, I well, I say overhype. I think people are blowing, like, the nostalgia is sort of blowing it out of proportion. Like, that's what I'm hoping for with the Final Fantasy Seven remake is them fixing the storytelling aspect of the game. If they can do that, because Final Fantasy VII has a decent story, it's just how it went apart, went about with some parts it's, is it's pretty a shit. Story. It's just not told really. It, yeah, it's like as I said, for the time, like nineteen ninety seven, I can completely understand it being like the best at the time. But people's like, oh man, Final Fantasy VII is like the best game of all time. No, it really isn't. Like I would honestly, 
and unironically put Final Fantasy VIII over Final Fantasy VII. Final Fantasy VIII seems like that kind of black sheet because of how its battle system is, but I think its story is much better than Final Fantasy VII. But one thing that I do like about Final Fantasy series is that it raises the stakes like the right amount. It raises it the right amount at the right time. Like it's never one to 100 sort of bit. It raises the stakes to, and gives importance to the stakes being raised. So it's like, okay, that's pretty fucking cool. For like example, in Final Fantasy seven, it's like, all right, it's literally a small terrorist group versing a power company who's sucking the life out of the planet cool and then it becomes a freeway fucking battle between uh it's no longer about the terrorist group it's about cloud and tifa and uh basically that group of friends versus Sephiroth versus shinra and it's like okay cool so you have a guy who's essentially like the strongest member of soldier or x the strong x strongest x member of soldier um basically doing his own thing killing towns and shit like that and you have shinra a massive company with a lot of resources and then it gets to the point where the fucking planet decides to throw in because <laughs> the planet's like we hate what what shinra and what sephiroth is doing so we're gonna throw in our own mix to fight shinra and sephiroth and anyone that gets in our way guy including goes, you know what no including- i've had enough of this including any fucking big-titted black men or Kurt Pike spiky-haired boys, we will fuck you up if you get in our way. And the, and the planet has a means of doing this called weapons. <laughs> so what, these, well, that's the thing, they're called weapons, but they're like gigantic gaiju. Yeah, I know, but it's still it's still pretty fucking funny when you put it this that way. Yeah, it's like and the planet so, will do this through the special means of weapons. Of weapons. So you have like your ruby weapon, emerald weapon, diamond weapon, and ultima weapon. Uh, diamond weapon gets its shit pushed in because they ended up using a massive cannon. So diamond weapons, like I'm going to attack. Midgar, which is where Shin was located, but that's where a lot of innocent people are located. Planet doesn't give a fuck at this point, alright? People have been having it good too far. Too long. So you try and stop uh, Diamond Weapon. Diamond Weapon's like, okay, I'll fuck off for now. And then Shinra like, alright, let's fire the gigantic, like, city, city-wide cannon at the, em- at the Diamond Weapon. And the Diamond Weapon goes, you know what? Nah, fuck you. I'm going I'm to just attack Midgar directly. So Midgar kills Diamond Weapon. Diamond Weapon pretty much eradicates most of Midgar. And it's it fucking like... Now you have the Earth to deal with. You have Shinra still to deal with. You have Sephiroth to deal with. And you've got like the fucking ruins of Midgar you have to deal with. It's like it raises the stakes at the right times. So and you're not again, just overwhelmed with nice. enemies. Same thing with like Final Fantasy VIII. Uh, it's like, hey, look, uh, we're just a school that's tr- training mercenaries for wars. And it's like, all right, that's pretty cool. And it's like, hey, look, uh, this one fucking sorcerer is straight up causing problems. Like, we need you to assassinate this sorcerer. And it's like, okay, uh, who is she? Oh, you know, just the world's most powerful sorcerer at the time quote-unquote at the time 
So she was the world's most powerful sorcerer at the time because Ultima Sia is still fucking years in the past. But Ultima Sia was controlling the sorceress. So it's still, that's where she gets most of her powers. And it's like, okay, we got the deal with this. And it's like, oh fuck, now we have to deal with this new military, like a, a war breaks out between uh, your school directly and this government body who's like, fuck this school directly. And uh, the sorceress is basically like, fuck both of you guys. And then it's like, okay, so we have, we started off as like participating in a small arms war. Then we ended up having to do an assassination. And now we have to fight a fucking, the most powerful sorceress known to man from the past. And it's like, but it, it does it at right increments. So you're not just overwhelmed. It's like, oh, you have to do this, this, and this, and this, and this now. And that's what I love about Final Fantasy. It's like, it's storytelling is phenomenal. But it does have flaws in some points. That's what I will say. It does come with its flaws. So, yeah, that's been my adventure, which is Final Fantasy 7 and 9. Uh, other than that, uh, I've got a little side project that I'm working on currently. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, I'm not going to say too much about it other than mm. that it involves uh, a quite uh, some would say it's the Dark Souls of games <laughs> is it Dark Souls? <laughs> some would say I'm not saying what it is I'm saying some would say it's the Dark Souls of games but I'm doing a uh, uh, a quite a editing heavy video which requires a lot of a persistence just to let that sink in persistence so it's dark souls i'm not i'm not i'm not even giving you a hint what it is i already know what it is then why are you lying already know what it is. yeah because but they don't know they, they will just get a fucking bombastic video and just lose yeah. their mind and subscribe to us that's what they'll do yep now that's yeah, been my that's week the that's been my week so yes uh fucking now we can move on to uh News. Next part of the show was the news, but before that, I'm I'm gonna start adding the uh, the shill in before the end of the podcast to the mid of the podcast before the news. Uh, come subscribe to our content on YouTube. We are Oz Plays A U S P L A Y S. Uh, we got more death training going up. Yep, death training's on off hiatus because I stopped forgetting about buying a HDMI cable and went out and bought one because mine just fucking died. So now we're able to record it. And yeah, still have Pokemon, still have Code Vein and Valkyria Chronicles going up. We're getting to that point now where we're discussing our newer recordings, which will be coming out or recordings mm -hmm. that we'll be doing afterwards. That's in talks. Like we sort of put the idea out. I've already said what I'm going to do. Uh, Alex has said what, know what I'm Alex already planning on do. doing. We still got to figure out what Jade wants to do. Dark but yes, we'll see. What was that? Dark Siders. Well, we gotta do that. Yeah. Well, eventually, when we're free, when me and Jaden are free, he's not busy, and when I'm not busy, because I'm usually working. But yeah. So on to the news. Um, I can take off the Code Vein one because we talked about that in the, in the intro. So yeah, Code Vein has two DLCs out. Both are fucking shockingly horrendous. Yeah. Um, yeah. The opposite of impressive. Do you know what else is the opposite of impressive? The mm -hmm. video recording guidelines for Persona 5 Scramble. 
Yeah. Oh, good. I was hoping we'd get into that. So, uh, do you guys know about the Persona 5 uh, guidelines for recording for Persona 5? Yes. I, I remember it had... Persona 5. I remember it had something to do with you weren't allowed to stream the game past a certain date. Otherwise, yes. you would be banned. No, you won't be banned. You'll get a copyright strike. Ah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. They, it was like you couldn't stream or record past July. And then they moved it to November, I think, or October. But mm-hmm. that is indefinite. You still can't do that, apparently. Yep. Uh, so if you think that's bad, uh, wait till you see the fucking guidelines for Persona 5 Scramble. Because these are fucking horrendous. So if to you- clarify for people who don't know what Persona 5 Scramble is, it's like the Dynasty Warriors uh, clone of, uh, of Persona 5. Stylistically, looks much better, of course. Yeah, obviously, it's it looks much better. But it's yeah. it's essentially Dynasty Warriors with Persona, with Persona 5. 5. Yeah, so just a one v horde. You you beating the crap out of whatever walks in yeah. your way. Yeah, one a, versus I, I've one never one heard of that before. I like that one v horde. Yeah, it was called the it's one a, versus the one versus one hundred, or the Warriors style of game. Isn't that fucking guts's thing? One versus one hundred. No, guts was the hundred man slayer because it was an impressive feat. One man killing a hundred. Yeah. What a guy. And, yeah. And then they gave him the warrior's treatment where it's like, oh, Guts killed a hundred people. Like, fucking, I just killed a hundred people swinging my sword once. That's a, that's a big deal. It was this one crazy swing of my crazy pap. So destroyed. Here, here are the guidelines for recording Persona 5 Scramble. Essentially, the first bullet point should be if you are planning on recording this, No yeah so first one that's pretty straight uploading uploading screenshots or videos requires you to use the console's own capture and share functions so if you want to upload any screenshots or video you would have to use either the playstation's recording thing the the share button with the playstation or i don't know if the switch has one but the switch's share function right the switch does have a uh, record yeah, and the edit. switch does have a uh, capture function. Second bullet point, which leaves them from the first, Atlas will not allow screenshots or videos captured via personal capture cards. So you're you gonna have to uh, 2003 it, boys. You, Just n- buy a camcorder no, and can't even cam it. Can't even cam it. It has to even... be. It has to be done with the console's own capture and share functions. Nothing else. Jesus. Uh, only upload videos to sites supported by sharing features on the Switch and the PS4. Uh, if you are showing event scenes or story scenes, you must clearly mention that there are spoilers. So if there's an event scene or a story scene, you have to mention the spoilers. Now, here's the most fucking stupid part of this. Footage and screenshots should should also show the uh, Atlas, Sega, Co, Tecmo Games, All Right Reserves, Copyright, Mark. Meaning, Excuse me, what? Yes. So, if you have any screenshots or video caption, video stuff, you have to upload it using the PS4 or Switch's uh, share function, download it to your computer, add the Atlas, Sega, Koei, Tecmo Games, copyright, all right, reserved watermarks to it, and then re-upload it. Holy shit. Like, they don't come, they don't come with the recording of the function, like, the gameplay function recording. You have to do that yourself. 
do not use the gameplay footage for any other purposes other than showing gameplay. So unless you're showing gameplay, you can't like don't show cutscenes at all. Uh, do not only upload the BGM or music data or use gameplay footage for the main purpose of listening to the music. So the music for the game, you're not allowed to upload that solely. You have to, it has to be within gameplay. And yeah. you can't, even even if it's in gameplay, you can't just be st- standing there and getting the music running. It has to be gameplay. Uh, uploading gameplay to sites that require subscription services or payment to browse is counted as use the gameplay for monetary purposes. So if you're using it for like YouTube Red, um, like any other subscription service that, you know, can upload video content, shit like that, yeah, see that that one I see that one I see makes total sense. Yeah, but the thing is, like, you're not oh, making no. money. You're not making money from it. It's the company. Like, if you are paying for a service, and you, I say I'm paying for YouTube Red, and I upload the gameplay to YouTube Red, I'm not making money off that. But it is counted as me making money for it. That's what they see it as. They see it as me making money for it. As I said, yeah. Um, payment to browse is counted as using gameplay for monetary purposes yeah uh, do not use the gameplay footage to slander other people so like oh you, no you know what like Liffy oh my god that reminds me of a fucking YouTuber there's this YouTuber called Griffin Gaming he is straight up just Leafy again oh no like I literally just, I saw one video he sounds like Leafy he's playing like fucking you know how leafy was doing the uh counter-strike surfing and the doom gameplay stuff yeah he's doing exactly that as well and he's and he's he's doing the exact same thing leafy was doing it's like he's not actually he'll find something he doesn't like on the internet or someone he doesn't like on the internet take their video and instead of like like making arguing points against it goes man this guy's such a virgin like what is he fucking 30 what a virgin like like that is it I like so he's just leafy again and people yeah. love that shit apparently uh, yeah, apparently so yeah fucking if you hear this fucking tell him kenny sent you to eat my shit griffin gaming yeah <laughs> fuck ass nerd <laughs> what a nerd um yeah. that was quite off topic uh very if off topic. atlas if atlas requests you to move the video you please remove the video well, that's fucking that's understandable uh videos that atlas deemed are unacceptable will be deleted and taken off from viewing uh queries into the matter may or may not be answered by atlas <laughs> what like it's like nothing's don't changed these, don't do these things asking about these things might not get a response yeah what <laughs> Qu- yeah queries into this matter may or may not be answered by atlas and like so nothing's changed um if streaming or uploading of gameplay leads to a monetary loss, Atlas does not hold any responsibility nor will pay any monetary compensation. Now, this is the part like I sort of don't understand, but I understand why they're saying it. It's like, how could you lose money for streaming uh, Persona 5 Scramble? You've been banned. Oh, no, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. It's straight up fucking banned. That, that does make sense. Well, there you go. Uh, players are not allowed to share anything about the end game or anything afterwards. So, 
hey, look, this game, you can't even talk about it. You can't even talk about the end game or anything after the end game. That's the one thing that's straight up gone. It's not, this is word is like, you're not allowed to share anything about the game's end game or anything afterwards. I feel like that is left open in case someone's like, hey, I want to discuss the ending of Persona 5 Scramble, but I'm talking over another video or something like that. You're not allowed to do that. You can't even share anything about the end game. That I think is a bit of a fucking stretch. Like, hey, look, this game's end game fucking has to be a mystery until you play it. And that's why I, I really hate Atlas's uh, stance on how they are treating Persona 5. Yeah, how they're treating Persona 5 in Persona Scramble. It's like the Persona 5 uh, date ban is indefinite. Like, you, you're not allowed to do that. It's been out for like a year or more, right? Longer. It's been out, it's been out for a year before it came to the West. Yeah, so it's it's been out over a year in the Western side, and that ban is still out as you're not allowed to record past this point. Persona 5, it's been out for four years. There we go. And it's, and it's been out in Japan for five years. And you're still not allowed to stream past that date because you don't because they don't want you spoiling anything yeah like, if you want to see the ending play the game yeah which and I that's the thing get to some extent yeah I, I i understand that because they're trying not to spoil the experience for someone else but at the same time like they are coming at you with copyright Very strikes strict. yeah like they're coming at you with strikes and shit like that just like just for streaming past a certain date i could understand that for like the first couple of years two years at best okay but when you have like your second rendition of persona 5 coming out soon and, and the base game still you're not allowed to yeah. talk about yeah like that i think is like how do i put it a little over the top over the top and a bit tone deaf like tone deaf in the sense of, like uh they treat they're treating the world as if they've never seen like they haven't seen the end of persona 5 and they don't want to see the end of persona 5 because they want to experience it themselves some people don't have a ps4 or don't have access to persona 5 like that's just a thing even though it has been on sale numerous times and people who probably were interested are still going to buy it when it comes on special but at the same time like they're treating they i feel like it's almost trying to baby the audience saying like no 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 we will do the spoiler stopping for you like you're you're obviously you know too young to know what a spoiler for the end of the game is like after a couple of years the other thing they could be doing is they've just made an active design an active decision as a company to go no if you want to see this ending, then play through it. It's worth it. Like, you know what I mean? They're, they've made that an active decision. Mm. R- rather than rather than babying people and going, no, we're going to hide spoilers from everyone, they're going, no, we're going to stop people from showing spoilers to this because if you want to see the end, it deserves to be played through to get there. Yeah. To get the full experience. 
Wait, what? Like, I'm not oh, okay, I read that necessarily wrong, yeah. saying I agree with it, but I can see a logic behind that. Yeah, I, I see a logic, but at the same time, you putting an indefinite ban on it is way over the top. Like, so like... And, and um, Atlas have come out saying it's like no, we're go- we're going to keep this an indefinite ban. It's like so, like twenty years from now, will there still be a ban? By the looks of it, yes. It's either because they forgot or it's. <laughs> I have the feeling they will forget that they put a ban on it before it becomes they'll relevant for- again. They'll forget they put a ban on it before they decide to take it off. Now, one thing I am quite interested in is uh, streaming. No, streaming restrictions. I want to see if they put any new restrictions on Persona 5 Royal. Because they could be like, nah, there's earlier spoilers due to the content change. That's in Japanese. How can I, I can't read Japanese. <laughs> Spoilers, not streaming, PlayStation share function. Okay, so they've done that same thing as well with uh, Persona 5 Royal. You cannot stream any story content or any game content for a capture card. You can only use the PlayStation share function. Hmm. That is rough. Because I don't know if you... Like, in Persona 5, like, every fucking cutscene... And I swear, even gameplay, it's just like, you've entered a fucking non-streamable zone. You know, streaming restrictions have been... Like, you know how people can put, like, streaming restrictions well, on the PlayStation 4? They're like, hey, you, you can't... You have to do it through the capture card. And then just by saying... Sorry, just by saying you have to do it through the inbuilt streaming, that's also them choosing what they want people to see. But do you know what's bad about this? Is that you get those restrictions from the start of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, I, when I got Persona 5, I had to stream it using my Elgato because I couldn't stream it using the PS4 function because this game, the start of the game says you've entered a fucking rest- streaming restricted area. Like, the start of the game. I don't know what isn't restricted in streaming on the PlayStation 4. If I had my copy, I would check. But I sold that for Persona 5 Royal money. <laughs> you should really get on Persona 5, though. If yeah, anything, no. get Royal. Get Royal. Because they add new stuff. But yeah, that so... Atlas is uh, being quite the... Uh, a complete douche. As they always are. Nothing has changed. Oh, they're, they're good in some aspects. And they're, they're, they're each... Each their own in the sense, like they're good in some aspects, they're bad in others. They're not perfect. Uncooperative. Do what else isn't perfect? Me. Other than uh, your birth defect. We'll talk about that later. Uh, Gaming laptops are never perfect. In fact, gaming laptops seem a bit of a, a burden sometimes. But do you know who doesn't think gaming laptops are a burden? Razer. Nvidia. Oh, there we go. NVIDIA says that gaming laptops will be the biggest next-gen console competitor. In other They've... news, I've just been named the succession to the English crown. <laughs> you know, while we're listing shit that's not happening. NVIDIA thinks gaming laptops 
will be the biggest next-gen console competitor. That's great. Not gaming PCs. I, I can believe laptops. it. Laptops. I can believe it. I don't, I but I could. You could believe it, but but we're not. But we're not believing it because you can buy a fucking a tower for the same price as a laptop and get better results with your tower. The only good thing yeah. about a laptop is you can move it around. But are you really going to move around a fucking three and a half grand laptop? No, you're not. Exactly. I don't know anyone who moves, who fucking takes their gaming laptop anywhere else but like a LAN every now and then. That's it. You, you almost, it almost negates the reason to have it as a laptop if you're only going to be taking it to places where you're going to be bringing a computer anyway. It's like laptops are meant to be played like on the go or shit like that. No, I have my fucking laptop. I put games on that, but I play that fucking, you know, like fucking, you know, not graphic heavy games. I play fucking time waster games because I was like, I have a wait in that uni or some shit. I'm not sitting here with a fucking mouse and keyboard going hard on Counter- well, Counter-Strike's bag for the fucking example. Going hard on Metro Exodus. No, I've got a fucking computer for that. I've got a fucking setup for that. And it's going to be cheaper than the fucking laptop. That's it. But right. <laughs> I know the benchmark we should be holding the next gen consoles to. What's that? Can they run Crisis 2 stably? I can run Crisis 2 stably. Yeah, I can actually, run Crisis 2 stably. Actually, the Xbox 360 can run Crisis 2 stably. Crisis 2 was such a poorly optimized I, game. On, on PS3, I will agree with you, because that fucking chunk like shit, but I did get Crisis 2 on Xbox 360, and it did work really well. And PC. In fact, I, was, PC I went hard... I went hard into Crisis 2 multiplayer. I don't know why, but I did. Fucking Crisis is one of those series. Like, yeah, number one was really good. Number two was all right. And number three is like, oh, fuck off. Number three existed. Hmm. So with this uh, gaming laptop, uh, who is this guy? His name is... uh, uh, The NVIDIA CEO says our notebook business has seen double digit growth for eight consecutive quarters so two years and uh this is unquestionably a new gaming category like it's a new game console it's going to be the largest game console in the world i believe and the reason for it is because there are more people with laptops than are of any device yes there are more people with laptops, but laptops come at varying price points. Anywhere between, you know, a hundred dollars to four, five, six, seven, eight thousand. Yeah, it's a uh There's a wide range. And so the fact we're able to get an RTX into a thin and light notebook is really a breakthrough. And it's one of the reasons why we're seeing such great success in notebooks. So yeah, they, they did get the RTX chip in there. But you're also playing at a disadvantage with an RTX chip because it's shared memory along with uh, the RAM with the computer. Because it's a chip. Like, same thing with my, my laptop. Fucking, it costs a pretty penny, but it ain't worth shit. And it has a GTX 840M in it, which is a decent graphics chip, but it shares with the RAM. And as I said, it ain't worth shit, but it still has like that capability in it 
but when you have like the RTX into like I want to try and find let's have a look they have recommendations for best gaming laptops or 2500 American what is that in fucking Australian doll hairs uh, uh, two that is four $3,800 it's a couple and yeah it costs more for the same here's the fucking price point of the same like good uh, positive for this laptop so the Razer Blade 15 advanced model unparalleled build quality it has a wide range of CPU and GPU options but negative costs more for the same stuff no longer the thinnest or lightest laptop uh, let's have a look here where the fuck are the price points gone Okay, only the first laptop has a fucking price point. Everyone else doesn't. Which is fucking fantastic, but all right. But yeah, so NVIDIA CEO thinks gaming laptops are going to rival consoles. And I just cannot believe it. Like, I just... I honestly think gaming laptops will not even sell a quarter of what the consoles will. What a console will. I doubt it, but I guess we'll see. And so, like, I I think they'll probably sell, I would say, at best, half as much as, or half as much units as a PlayStation 5 will. And that's not counting, like, adding the Xboxes and shit like that. Like, as I said, gaming laptops, like, they are good if you want to take your gaming laptop around fucking everywhere i don't know anyone who has a gaming laptop and i know about two or three people who do that has the laptop leave their house like at all it'd be a fucking shocker if the laptop even leaves the room it is essentially a replacement for a pc tower and that's how it stays that's why i'm like i don't understand I just don't understand why you would say say such things. Such a so bold yet <laughs> so bold yet so uh I, I don't can't remember where it goes. Say something so controversial yet so brave. You're so brave, yeah. So that's a uh, fucking gaming laptops be biggest the biggest competitor of the next gen consoles. Um last two this one's a bit of a note. So uh, Platinum Games revealed a trailer for a game called Project GG. Oh, can't down, Dante. Which, by the looks of things, it's kind of like a... Oh, what's his name? Uh, he's the sort of weird-looking jet man in Godzilla versus... Godzilla universe. It looked like that from a trailer. Because in the trailer, you see like this man defend a dog from uh, being crushed by falling debris and then you don't really get to see the man you get to see his silhouette but then uh, the man grows to the size of the kaiju and then a fight is about to ensue and that's all they've got so far so they've they basically said that this is a part of the hero trilogy so you have um, Viewful Joe and the Wonderful 101 and by mm. looks of it, this is going to be the third game in that trilogy of hero games. Uh, speaking of 101, 
Yeah, they've already announced that it's going to be coming out in May this year. And the, uh, yeah, the, the Kickstarter only just got, like, done last, like, not last, like, two weeks ago. So oh, like, wow. so the Kickstarter just, like, very recently finished, and they're like, right, cool, Kickstarter's finished, it's coming out soon. Well, it, one thing is, like, they got fuck ton more money than they were expecting. So let's go, uh, Wonderful 101 Kickstarter. Because this game, like, Wonderful 101, uh, I think is, like, one of the lowest-selling AAA games in history. Um, Because I think, oh, it's worse than I thought. Oh my god! All right, so What's guess up? how much? Guess how many copies Wonderful One Hundred One sold? Like ten thousand. He says ten thousand. What do you say, Jaden? I'm gonna guess a hundred thousand. Well, you're both wrong. It's only five thousand copies. Oh. So Japanese charts show that Wonderful 101 sold just about 5,000 copies. Oh, Dante. See, they allotted 30,000 copies, only sold 5,000. 5,258 copies to be exact. But the Kickstarter, however, that was something special. Uh, let's have a look at it. See if it's still up. Uh, Kickstarter campaign. See when that finished. That finished. It hasn't even finished. It still has eight days to go. Oh, it's still getting money coming in. It has 27,689 backers and has raised $2.7 million Australian. And Good shit. Yeah, like, so they haven't hit all of their stretch goals. Uh, so Switch, a Switch version of the game came out is uh, the stretch goal at 50k. Uh, so Sorry, what how much they... is it on at the moment? It's on 2.7 million dollars Australian. Oh, that's, that's yeah. a bit more than 50k. Yeah, uh, it has 27,000 backers. If you if you got to imagine that, so like, hold on, let's, let's do some mathematicians here. So let's see how much is donated per person on average. So, uh, fucking two, seven, one, four, seven, three, nine, divided by two, seven, six, nine, eight, six, eight, nine. And the results are in. It's about ninety-eight dollars each. Hmm. About $100 each. More than I expected. Actually. On average. So it's not not everyone donated $100, but like you're looking at about $100 per person. So 50K was like a Switch version. 250K was the Steam version. 500K was the PS4 version. If the, if the Switch was a stretch goal, then what were they planning on releasing it on? because they got the Switch, Steam, and PS4 all here. And I highly doubt they were going to release it as an Xbox exclusive. <laughs> but yeah, so it's basically coming out on everything but the Xbox. 
So I guess you guys miss out. The Xbox fannies. Fannies. Oh, well. I mean, I don't uh, Not a big loss. I'm I'm personally not worried, but I... Because I'll definitely give it a look, because I saw a playthrough of uh, Wonderful 101 on a, a channel called Wooly Versus, and it looks really fun. And then they're talking like, yeah, this, this game sold like fuck all. It was like Platinum's biggest flop ever. And then apparently this came out for Kickstarter and, and, and it's fucking getting more views and more money than it could have ever imagined. Who would have thought? And uh, last one. It. Last one. Uh, Resident Evil 3 Remake is getting a demo soon. Um, Finally. Well, I was, I'm still surprised because I honestly think they weren't even going to release a demo. Like, I just didn't think they would, but I don't know. I guess I've seen such... Well, that's the thing. I have seen such little information about it. Um, well, about Resident Evil 3, other than uh, the developer behind the scenes things, which they released when they announced it, and screenshots coming out every now and then. And then we got like a 15 minute gameplay of Resident Evil 3, which looks fucking great. Certainly looks great. Uh, I, I've noticed they've they've kept some of the original lines from Resident Evil 3 in. Because uh, especially when uh, Carlos is like, yeah, I'm with the Umbrella uh, bio uh, countermeasures. The, oh, no, the bio countermeasures. So it's like weapon, like Umbrella, UB cm or ubmc or something like that but he technically is a mercenary for umbrella like he doesn't exactly work work at umbrella he's just like we hire you to do stuff and he's like yeah we work for this and jill's just like you work like fucking what like actual just swears off the fucking top it's called fucking what you work for umbrella they're the ones that cause this like line for line the original line which i'm like that fucking mmm you know they're fucking running well if they've tying really nicely with the source material but uh yeah nemesis is a fucking threat like jesus christ he's a threat and they're basically saying how they've reinvented the raccoon city with bigger open streets uh which i'm fucking excited about the gameplay looks really fun it's basically a a little more actiony than resident evil 2 remake but still not like resident evil 4 5 6 actiony it's still like z- zo- like a single zombie is still a threat which is good because after resident evil like four or f- resident evil four onwards zombies became jokes they were literally the butt of the joke everyone fucking can kill a zombie in their sleep whereas right, in resident so evil one two and three like zombies, zombies were a fucking a issue threat. With a four, yeah four plus zombies and- were just default zombie horde movies well, it's kind of what, like, in 4 and 5, they result back to, they result to a parasite called Los Plagas. So, essentially, they were zombies that still had their mental awareness. And then in Resident Evil 6, uh, Leon's campaign contains uh, zombies, but they were, like, like, came in droves, died in a couple of shots, like, like literally a couple tip-taps here, and they're fucking dead. And that's what was upsetting about it. It's like they weren't actually like the threat of zombies wasn't there. There's more they're there to please the horror fans. Like it's just in existence, not in behavior at all. But yeah, since uh, the 
Resident Evil Twitter came out saying, It was written in the stars. Ha ha ha. Uh, Resident Evil 3 demos on its way. We'll have more details in the near future. Uh, that was a couple of days ago, so still nothing uh, about it. But yeah, we, uh, I'm seeing more of the enemies. For example, uh, the Drain Demos, which are like kind of like brain suckers, but smaller. They're back in the game. Uh, the original fucking... Uh, I can't remember. I think Gamma Hunters, which are like frogs. And I think they skipped beta hunters. Beta hunters were uh, hunters that were experimented on. So they were like heaps disfigured and disformed. But the uh, trailer that they showed the hunter in just looks like a regular hunter. Which is, you know, okay. But I'm still excited for it. Fucking get around that. I'm all up for it. But yes, yeah, so Resident Evil 3 is looking still promising. Quite happy. Can't wait. I'm going to have to suck dick to get some money together. Well, what for <laughs> you? I know where I some know. dick is. I know where there's some dick. You got some yeah, dick. But does money come with that dick? It has to. Otherwise, I wouldn't suck the dick. I'm not sucking dick for free. I got games to buy. I got Doom. I got Resident Evil. I got Final Fantasy. It's, 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 it's a fucking. It's a it's a risk that I'm willing to make. Start part time working at a glory hole. Fuck man, I, I I have not seen a glory hole in a while, but I have seen a glory hole, and that shit ain't right. It it like this is wildly off topic, but I saw this one glory hole in a fucking near an Enfield, like in a fucking Enfield public restroom. It looked like a lot of people cut their dicks on the hole. Oh, because like the hole was sort of like beaten in, and it was like you can see sort of like dark staining in the chipwood. It's oh, like oh, you're supposed to put duct tape around those things. No, I ain't got time for duct tape. I don't wait. Ugh. Don't isn't glory hole just like free dick sucking? Yeah. Then why would anyone pay me to do work at a glory hole? You you're supposed to slide a tip after the suck. Yeah, but that's that's and we're we're in a place where tipping is not that common. Well, yeah, but like if you're going to get your dick sucked, you, you obviously you have to tip. It's not a free service. Oh yeah, like obviously there's an etiquette. There's an etiquette yeah. to there's an glory etiquette holes. To it. Yeah. Ah, oh, fucking! Uh, I was so stupid, so naive. I should have slipped a quarter under there. Fucking, <laughs> you know, d- deal with that as it comes no, by. The, the rule is it has to be a note fuck five dollars you think i'm spending five dollars on fucking dirty public restroom blowjobs well Well, that's that's it i didn't have much to input in this conversation so that's why i decided to uh not input in this conversation (laughs) and that's why it was why i was quiet the other reason well, I was quiet was because there's this one fucking fly that's been around my room for the last 15 minutes, so I've been chasing it around with a feather duster. So, as quiet as possible. That's feather duster. This week. We, we, oh. I, I don't know what a fly swat is. What if you, why, do you, why do you have a feather duster in your room, Jade? I that's a real question here. Play, he likes to roleplay Captain Feather Sword. <laughs> oh, man, whatever happened to him? I went off to the laundry and grabbed a feather duster. Man, just fucking clap the clap the fly. Give the fly a clap. 
We'll sync it. We'll sync up to it. Give the fly the clap. (laughs) Yeah. On that note, fucking Australia's dying with the coronavirus and we gotta head off. We got some recordings to do. Oh, yes, we do. Come check out our channel on YouTube. Everyone's welcome. Except, uh, except, uh, what's his face? Griffin Gaming. He has to fight me for it. Yep. And, yeah, come check out our content. Until then, we'll catch you guys next week. Catch us. And see ya.